ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Warner. It is June 15th, 2021. I sit in my office chair listening to myself talk about Watchmen inaccurately. I can't see why. Perhaps a dense cloud of tachyons is clouding my view, being able to see accurately. I can't seem to see the end either, but that seems to be a lesson I continue to learn. Nothing ever ends. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lore Nerd. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening, as always. <laughs> um, I'm your host. Sooner or later, I will get out of the habit of filling blank spaces with um. But today is not that day. Today, however, is the day that we dive in to Watchmen. We're going to be talking... um, I've also just adjusted my audio, too, ladies and gentlemen, so sorry if you, uh, for some reason, have to turn down your podcast now. Um, We've been getting a couple of comments and questions from listeners, so, you know, the more the happier I will be. Uh, I'd like to hear from more of you out there. We've gotten um, some from two listeners so far. You can go ahead and like make it anonymous if you want. Let us know if you'd like it to be anonymous so that way we don't say anything you don't want us to say. But all in all, we would just like to hear more from you guys and to let you know that we are hearing from some of you, and we appreciate it. We're going to actually be... Uh... <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, one of the requests from our listeners was the topic of Gundam. So I'm going to be actually diving into that here next week, which also brings me up to the other topic I wanted to sort of house clean, sweep under the rug, is we may or may not be having the Tolkien next week. Um, We're just waiting on our expert there to see if he's going to have time or if he wants us to push it back a week. So don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have filler material for you, so that way you won't have to go a week without us. But Filler material? (laughs) Other than that, good stuff, man. Yeah. Other than that, I wanted to just go ahead and dive into what we're here for today. Uh, something that, in all reality, I would say sparked interest with me in comic books at a, uh, I'd say middle middle school age. So like around like twelve, eleven. Yeah. With um, what the fuck's his name? Everyone says it. Zack Snyder. Uh with his adaption of the original Watchmen comic book into the movie really sparked my interest into this whole madness of what is the Watchmen, what is Alan Moore, what is, uh, you know, Morrison. What's it about? Yeah. (laughs) All the, all the, all that great stuff. Uh, well, I was, (laughs) Said Morrison because once again in my uh, <clears throat> just hit them both all the time. Just yeah, just just in case, cases. just double tapping it. Well, I say that also is because the other guy we get mixed up, Neil Gaiman, actually helped write. Well, he didn't help write, but he helped come up with some of the ideas and some of those ending footnotes on the chapters of Watchmen. Um, yeah, was helped by Neil Gaiman. So. Anyway, let's dive into it. I don't really know where you want to start, Alex. I guess... I feel like we should just start at, like, the source material, right? The actual comic. Well, first I thought it'd be good to set grounds for both of us, kind of rank the workings of Watchmen that are out there right now, 
that we know of at least and uh you know kind of rank them so we well, can I feel like and here's the thing and i'm just doing this for the audience because i know that they're the avid listeners out there they might know what we're talking about but uh maybe to go through and kind of give a synopsis of like what watchmen was what the 2009 film watchmen uh was what the hbo series watchmen was and kind of like explain what all those are and then come back at the end and be like which was your favorite and why <laughs> i just think we should do reverse all right man. so we're at well, we're at an uh, impasse <laughs> Well, the only reason I think we should do first, though, is because that'll that'll gain, garner interest into what we're talking about. If we just dive into it, you know, people we might lose people, you know. Um, okay, I understand. So I guess I'll go first, since you clearly yeah, don't have yeah. your list prepared, because <clears throat> I just threw this at you. Um, I'd say of all the Watchmen works, my favorite is tied between the original comic book series and the new HBO Max Lindelof Watchmen series that is on HBO Max for viewing pleasure. Uh, coming in third place is Doomsday Clock, which is the reimagining of the Watchmen world by uh, what's uh, Jeff Johns, and I can't remember the artist on that. Um, it's right Johns, behind me. Johns, Frank, and Anderson. Thank you. Um, and coming in fourth would be the Rorschach series, which is really good it's not finished yet but i know it's going to be one of my favorite all-time series just from what i've read so far and last but not least is the snyder cut of watchmen jeez <clears throat> that's a interesting one actually um so my first one is easily going to be doomsday clock um that's just because i love how uh you know they interact with other dc characters which is always huge for me because watching the Watchmen Zack Snyder film I was like interesting like Night Owl reminds me of Batman or like this person reminds me of this person so it's just interesting to see kind of how that whole breakdown went and to read Doomsday Clock it was awesome um for that reason um my second is actually going to be Rorschach uh because he's my favorite character and because uh a little bit of Doomsday Clock made me think a little bit about who Rorschach is or what Rorschach is. Um, so that really excited me overall. Um, and then my third will be the Zack Snyder film um, because that's just how I was introduced. So it always holds a special place in my heart. Uh, the fourth is the Watchmen HBO series, uh, which is amazing. And I love how they worked with it and the stories they told with that. And then last but not least um, is the Watchmen comic. And it's not because it's bad and it's not because it doesn't deserve to be higher up. It is simply because because I watched the movie and Zack Snyder did such a good thing or, or such a good job adapting it um, that Watchmen the comic kind of fell dry for me a little bit. Um, but what it was still just a, yeah well it was still it was still as good but like what i'm saying is, is because i knew what was coming in watchmen uh the comic I, there wasn't it wasn't really like a new read it felt like to me it felt like i was going back to read something i had read before ladies and gentlemen you might be seeing brothers throwdown tonight <laughs> <laughs> um it's the truth though <laughs> well okay so then let's let's okay now that that's a st I, i'm sorry i didn't cut you off you finished your whole list, right? No, you said the last was okay. Cool. 
then let's dive right into it. Let's talk about the first one because that's the one where you have, you know, I I ranked that one up. It's tied for my favorite with the Lindelof series. What? So you really just because you felt like Snyder did such a good job adapting it that it was just reread material for you. You didn't get anything yeah. new from it. I mean, I I did get some stuff from it, but the stuff that was new for me, it was just like a, just a different universe. You know what I mean? Just like slightly askew. Um, like, for instance, um, how uh, you got to read a little bit of Pontius Pirate along to kind of explain the story and what was going on in the universe and what was going on with the countries and the characters. So that was kind of nice and, and new. Um, the fact that Ozzy Mendez had people up with him and it explained his plot a little bit more and uh, the fact that it was a squid and not nuclear bombs, that was pretty freaking big as well. Um, so, like, I'm not saying that it didn't hit points. All I'm saying is, is because there was so much overlap with, for instance, he almost to a T got Rorschach down. Uh, Zack Snyder did... Uh, with his adaptation of Alan Moore's Watchmen. Like, and he's my favorite character. Like, to be honest, like, that's what kept me with Watchmen was Rorschach's character. And everything else that kind of happened around Rorschach kind of felt similar enough where it was almost like I was going back through to, like, check notes on, like, the movie or something like that. It's like I read a forgotten script of Zack Snyder. Not saying it's bad and not saying that it was boring, it was just a little bit of what I knew from the movie. So because of that, it lost a little bit of its luster for being something that I hadn't looked into before. Okay. That so no, that, that does make sense. Cause I'll agree with you. There were parts of the original book where I was, I've seen this, I've mm -hmm. seen this brought to life, mm -hmm. but well, I mean, I feel like even you said that when you were first reading Watchmen, like, Dude, so far he's gotten it frame for frame, and it's no, like, and he well, he did, yeah, he did very well. But what I will say is, there are a couple scenes where the reading of the book does the scene so much more justice because your brain then is allowed to make, is allowed to illustrate, is allowed to bring to life what's going on instead of someone doing that for you. And can you do me a give me an example of that? Yeah. Of what Alan so did yeah. So my well? one of my favorite scenes in the book was actually when, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Lol, lore nerd. I love myself. It's it's honestly because I get so nervous. I'm like on the spot. Ozzie I gotta Mendes? remember the name. No, not Ozzy Mendez. Night Owl. Thank you. When Night Owl and uh, Jupiter, Lady Jupiter, um. Mm -hmm are having sex for the or trying to have sex for the first time and he can't get it up and they're doing it to the backdrop of Ozymandias performing athletic arts be like to try and like distract the world from into like doomsday pretty much around the corner yeah what like somehow pulled me back into when I was like a little kid at a sleepover and George Lopez was playing you know, like you wake up at 3 a.m. and all of a sudden lowriders, the only thing you hear. And you know, like, I can't get it up because George Lopez. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew the minute I pulled that scene that like that, that was going to be the parallel you drew. But <laughs> what I what I'm trying to say is it 
like my head filled in like the background noise like I could hear the static from the TV of that age and I could hear the news broadcaster and like I put score to what Ozymandias was doing and like the world filled in like my head somehow from the pages like I felt like I actually was able to get into Moore's head and that's you know that's really uh what's it called um boot or toot my own horn to say that I could even understand what this man was trying to get across but it is it is one of those moments where and you've had it too when you're reading a book where you you are completely absorbed by it and that's something that I think the comic book did way better than the movie ever could achieve because the failure of the movie is that it's wham bam thank you ma'am like there is so much to get into it Zack Snyder doesn't let anything breathe and that is the one downside of it, I think. Yeah, well, I wish I wish that almost like uh, like really released the Snyder cut of that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like because of the time and because it was Zack Snyder really kind of maybe it wasn't his first movie, but it was when he was really kind of becoming a household name that he had to be a, like wham, bam. Thank you, man. Like, how much can I fit into this um, to hold the watcher? Um, but I will say and here's why it's my like i ranked his movie so high up Zack snyder's movie is because in the book uh that alan moore wrote you don't get to see rorschach uh like you get to see him in jail when he gets thrown in and my favorite scene is when he throws the hot grease on the guy and everyone like all the guards are coming in like taking him away and restraining him and rorschach screams to everyone the funny thing is is that i'm not stuck in here with you you're stuck in here with me. The, yeah, like, the thing that you guys ah! don't seem to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was easily like one of my favorite moments of the movie. And in the, like, I was looking forward to that point in the book. And it's like, it cuts the scene after he throws the hot, like, oil on the guy. And it's like, ah, oh, dang it. Like, <laughs> I was really looking forward to see how, like, if it was the same exact words or if anything was different from that. And it was, but like in a lackluster way for me. So, I mean, I feel like while I understand your, your gripes with the whole Zack Snyder movie, um, I feel like he had to do that. And it, it kept me like, I mean, it was a long movie at the time. It was like one of the longest movies, right? Longest superhero movies. So that was kind of a, a mind-blowing medium in a time to have that on on screen so he worked with what he was given i guess is what i'm saying yeah and you know i sort of but the reason once again of why you didn't get that scene though in the book is because the book was telling you a different story at that point was using the lens of Rorschach's therapist to explain to you what was going on with Rorschach and who Rorschach was and what what is Rorschach, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, I think, that's lost in the movie. You don't get the psychosis, really, of Rorschach as you do in the book, where I, I, I really I appreciate that a lot more. And it's needed for doomsday clock in all honesty for the pieces to be put in place correctly as well you need Definitely. what happens in doomsday do or what happens in watchmen see dude i'm getting it mixed up again already you're getting all messed up yeah well oh. i mean to be fair it's not really uh i feel like we should name something different like alan moore's watchmen john's 
Watchmen. Well, I think feel like you can just say Doomsday Clock overall. Um, yeah. Well, my dumb brain went to Doom Patrol for some reason when I said Doomsday. Doom <laughs> That's funny. That's um, really funny. <laughs> but yeah, I know because like the whole mixing up of shit we keep on doing. Mm-hmm. But to kind of sort of sum up um, number one a little bit for people to maybe give them a taste of why maybe you should go see it is it's another one of we were talking about the comic (laughs) my bad god fuck (laughs) it's all over the place man but let me let me help you out the reason why you should watch watch or read (laughs) yeah you got me on the same thing as you but because it's my last the reasons why you should read watchmen is because you get the whole world um, you get to dive really deep into it. And Alan Moore does an amazing job of creating uh, the world for you to kind of experience. Like you aren't going to follow one character. You aren't going to follow, um, you know, one storyline. Like he'll toss you all around, but it's going to make sense because that's the kind of chaos that's happening in the world. And as you get closer and closer to the end, the strings start to tie up together. And you're like, oh, crap, what's coming? What's coming? Like, if you've seen, like, the movie, you kind of know what's going to happen. But the thing is, is that I almost wish that I had read Watchmen by Alan Moore before watching Zack Snyder's movie because I kind of knew what was coming. Like, if it would have caught me off guard, like the uh, movie caught me off guard, Watchmen would easily be, Alan Moore's Watchmen would easily be in my top three. Um, But the reasons why you should pick it up drops you in the world amazingly has amazing character development um and amazing characters and three it's a great mystery overall like the pieces that he drops and the i would say have to, like tie things up is perfect even knowing the ending as well like if mm-hmm. you have watched the movie or even it's just been spoiled throughout the fact that it's been out for so long it still is one of those books that you're like, all right, well, maybe that person is just was like, didn't give me the full scope. Like, there's something else in here because all the nuggets that get dropped, it makes you hungry and hungry and sort of makes you lose the trail a little bit of what you know is coming. And then, like, it gets snapped back to reality once you, that you find where that string goes that he's been pulling you down, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that, definitely. But that is definitely a reason to pick up Alan Moore's Watchmen. Not to mention it's just like a perfect book for the time it was written. I would honestly say it's a f- perfect book for now. But, also I mean, so is yeah. Doomsday Clock. But to do sort of what you wanted to do and give a synopsis, because I do think these works deserve a synopsis for people that haven't um, really watched or seen it, to let you know a little bit what we're going through. Um, or do you think a synopsis is bad and just give us, or just, I don't know, fuck it. On to the I next mean, I, one! I feel like, yeah, I was going to say, let's not spoil it because yeah. I feel like let's just yeah i want to dive into it Mm -hmm. um and as soon as you guys come back if you guys want to go read it and then come back to this you guys will get exactly what we're saying yeah and Um, it's also a thing ladies and gentlemen of we're not gonna do the work any more justice than is already done like yeah us like we can't do it justice (laughs) yeah we i don't i wouldn't be able you wanted me to tell you about watchmen all right here we go page one the first cell starts off with (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that's that's what you'd get um so let's let's hop into the movie adaption start talking about that i I guess since we've sort of been doing that uh mirror the original book Mm -hmm. i would say 
the reason why I had it ranked so low on my list being the last is because it's the one piece of work that's not original. And it, because of that, it's nothing new. Like, I didn't get anything new from it. There was really, if anything, in my opinion, it degraded the story because I think he still should have just went for the weird octopus ending, even though, like, oh, audiences might not get it. Well, fuck the audiences. Like, this is Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's supposed to be weird. Like, you could have done that easily. However, something I'm going to ask you, and this is very important, what's the first thing you saw of Watchmen? Did you see, read the comic first? Did you watch the Well, as, a, as we started off with the thing, I, I saw the movie first, but... Mm-hmm. The so was mo- that needed? If the movie wasn't out, would you have still read Watchmen at some point? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think 100% because either the Linderloff series would have pulled me in on HBO Max, that would have grabbed me, or I would have just wanted to read the comic books because like, if you look up like top 10 best comic book series, which I've done many of times, Watchmen's one of them. Mm-hmm. So I would have grabbed it and read it. And for good reason. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, I guess I can understand then why you ranked uh, ranked it last. But let me ask you this: What did you like about the movie overall? All the, all the like, things that you brought up. Zach was very smart with how he adapted it for sure. Because one, he he brought to light some of those scenes that that hit home, but in a different way. So an example: the whole oil fryer scene in the prison when Rorschach throws hot oil on another prisoner. And says, the thing that you guys don't seem to get is that I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. Was very powerful and awesome to watch on screen. But delivered in... That actor was amazing, by the way. Can we just say how awesome that uh, actor was? Yes, 100% brilliant performance, brilliant writing, brilliant execution of it. But I want you to remember what you said there. Gives you chills. That same exact chill feeling gets delivered to you when the therapist is going back over his notes and is like literally reading what happened at that event and what Rorschach said and you're like and this guy's and this guy still thinks he can fucking get through to him yeah like and I agree definitely like I wish that that would have been in Zack Snyder's thing but that also like that was something I really did like that's a whole other hour onto the movie like yeah definitely (laughs) <laughs> well give it to me <laughs> yeah like ne- i mean granted it's needed i'm not gonna bitch about it i'm happy about that extra hour but that is an extra hour yeah very very true i understand but yeah uh so i guess we'll i want to i'll wrap up talking about the uh the original and the well shit i didn't even ask you any questions dude. what a terrible host um what was your favorite thing other than rorschach obviously from the movie um because i also I also really liked the comedian, the fr- the first scene. Uh, I think Ozymandias was really good because, like, that, like, stunt double, whatever. But, like, I just loved that first entrance scene of the comedian getting killed and whatnot. I thought that was another cool one. I'd have to say, like, the thing that really got me the most was how the casting for it was beautifully done. Oh, like, fuck yes. Yeah. Like, I can't see any other characters as those characters like uh patrick was it patrick wilson as night owl uh the second night owl um was amazingly cast and like everything done for for every character was so spot on that it was so believable and it dragged you into the movie like 
I would I would even say that for all the reasons that you say you don't like the movie Hunter, the casting is what made me like completely gloss over those. I will like, not I like, disagree with you anywhere. I think that will sorry to cut you off but once again like this this was another cast though that like made favorites for me for a lifetime i watch anything patrick wilson is in now and that means i've watched the conjurings yes i've painfully watched the conjurings but it has patrick wilson in it i love him i'm always hoping you can't be scared (laughs) i'm always yeah fuck you (laughs) (laughs) my my good old long rifle 22 will keep them nasty spirits away um yeah I, I live for the day where he gets casted as Batman because he could pull it off. He's shown that he can. And I don't care. Like, I really don't care what anyone can say. He can play a good Bruce Wayne, too. With that being okay. said, same thing with Billy Kudrup as Dr. Manhattan or Kudrup. Um, amazing. Like, even though most of it, I'm pretty sure, was voiceover, I don't think he got that jacked, and I'm pretty sure that wasn't his dick another one of the um freaking actors jesus my tongue is not i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen my yeah, brain man, is just like rough today not man. working today um yeah tachyons must be in the air you can't think straight <laughs> thank you clever 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 <laughs> is another one of those actors that i look for in anything so that he's in who's your you said patrick wilson and uh billy kudrow or Kudrup. Uh, it's Kudrup, right? Kudrup? Well, it's C-R-U-D-U-P. So mm-hmm. you, you say what you want. Yeah, exactly. But who was your who's your favorite casting overall? Was it Patrick Wilson? No. Um, even though I do think he was spot on, it was the comedian's casting, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I think I don't I don't think there's a actor out there except for if you put Robert Downey Jr. in a fat suit or get him yoked. <laughs> There's not another actor out there that could play that, I think. I agree with that, actually. He was honestly the most convincing. And, like, it's it's too bad, too, because he wasn't in, like, you get more slices of the comedian in other things that we're going to talk about later on. But, uh, yeah, dude, the comedian was perfect casting. I would agree with that. Between him and uh Haley as Rorschach yeah. was awesome. But yeah, overall, that's really what kind of dragged me to, well, dragged me, but kept me in the sweet Watchmen embrace was the casting. I would say, um, just to tie it off, one one more thing is the fact that he kept in the Rorschach Easter eggs. So if you, like, looked in the fine, or the fine imaging of the, like, comic book cells, you would see, like, a homeless man with the end is nigh, and that's actually, like, Rorschach. Same thing in the tv or the movie series throughout bits and pieces of like the city shots or even the funeral scene you see well it's out there and that's that's a cool easter egg for yeah dude make me nervous (laughs) and i'm gonna fuck up my words again jesus h (laughs) we got all those good dude but yeah i agree like the fact that snyder really kind of held true to those easter eggs uh from alan moore's watchmen is was really amazing but i feel like we have talked about these two yeah we've we've beat these two to a dead uh, yeah Yeah. dead stick let's i honestly dude i want to talk to you about doomsday clock a lot because i hold off on that but i okay no okay then what you want to talk about rorschach then i'll talk about rorschach 
Well, mm, which one are you wanting to talk about? Those are the other, a, only other two. Yeah, let's talk about the HBO Max. Oh uh, fuck! Series. My second favorite one. <laughs> God, Jeez. my brain is going. <laughs> dude, tachyon particles for sure, dude. But yeah, the honestly, like <laughs> this this show was amazing. It was made uh, in the perfect time, perfect era. Like it really said a lot of like, and uh, I'm not sure if Alan Moore meant to do this in the original Watchmen, but like there was a lot of uh, I don't even know necessarily how to put it, but like with all so many social things going on, it was like a social commentary of like the world. And this Watchmen show was amazing for that. Like, it was just so perfectly done, so well made. Um, once again, the casting was amazing um, for the time that it was made. And uh, I loved it. Like, it was it was really, really good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, some things that I would like to talk about this one, because I dug deep into this series when it was coming out. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, I had read the comic book series. I had watched a... Um, DC Universe used to do this really cool thing where they would sort of audible comic books for you, mm-hmm. which was really cool. So I read it through that as well, and then, you know, seen the movie. So fanboying over this, digging through all the internet holes I can to try and figure out what's going on, to find out HBO Max has been... Or HBO has been trying to get Lindelof to make... Uh, Watchmen series for like ever since he started Lost pretty much and he kept on saying no 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 I don't want to do it there's like I don't have a story for it it's not needed right now at this time and then in an interview I was listening to he was uh I think it was like two years ago Mm -hmm. he said oh I was reading this book about the Tulsa riots and I was bl- completely blown away because, and this is Lindelof. I had, was it the Tulsa riots or the Tulsa massacre? They're the same thing. Um, uh, I was just making sure that we got the verbiage right on that, because um, that was a pretty big. Spot well, you in you could call but... it Black Wall Street, Tulsa massacre, Tulsa riots. Okay. You know, there's there's a lot of names for it. All in all, it's, it was a terrible point in history and still hasn't been reprimanded. Um, to those that deserve to be reprimanded for it. However, um, Lindelof was saying that he was shocked that this was the first time he was hearing it, that he had to actually like seek out that information himself by buying a book on the bookshelf in Barnes & Noble, and that that was going to be it. He said, this is my Watchmen story. We're telling this. Interesting. And that is, that is like how that spawned that Watchmen world was, look, the reason why, and this is like a rough reason, my understanding of why Moore made the first Watchmen was because he had a lot to say about what was going on politically, what was going on in the state of the world was the fact that like we couldn't like turn and tell the person next to you that you love them and you cared for them and nukes are about to go off, you fucking idiots, like literal destruction within seconds is like at a push of a button and you all are bitching about the fact that you don't have enough like money to buy the type of syrup you want or to go get a whore or something like that like that's syrup and whores is what people are talking about for money that's what my brain pulls up dude (laughs) that's so funny dude but 
to unfortunately uh, those horrors can't be used because George Lopez is going on in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lo- uh, no, lowriders going on in the background. Yeah, yeah George exactly. Lopez is doing the splits, and I'm intimidated because I can't do the splits. Yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. But to to keep on going on, so that's that's what spawned his world. So he really wanted to tell a story that gave a lot of context to american history that we're ashamed of and not teaching because i honestly think without lindelof's watchmen and i still think a majority of americans don't know about it but the minority of americans now that do know about it wouldn't wouldn't have heard about it wouldn't have would have gone through life unknowing yeah completely ignorant to the tulsa massacre and that's crazy honestly Yeah. yeah but hey thank god for lindelof Thank yeah, um, <laughs> but to kind of dive into to that one, what was your favorite parts about that series? I know you said the casting was good. I know that you said you thought that the story was good, but like, give me some like, what was your favorite scene or your favorite uh, exchange between characters? My favorite episode overall was when uh, they really dove into Looking Glass, which is Tim Blake Nelson's character and talked about his fear because the whole uh the the timing of this watchman series is placed a couple was it like 30 years after maybe not 30 years but like 20 maybe after the squid was um put in new york city and so everyone has like a giant fear of squids um well not everyone but a lot of people have like a giant fear of squids and Looking Glass is one of those characters. He has foil under his hat. Like, he has a bunker to hide in. Um, all because you find out he was in New York when it happened. So, he was, like, part... Like, he got hit by the psychic attack. So, like, that whole episode and kind of diving into his character, it made me feel like he was the Rorschach of the series, even though the Rorschach masks were basically the KKK of the series so i was really kind of <laughs> as um well as i'm sure you remember hunter i was not happy with the fact that they took rorschach down that that uh that path but looking glass really redeemed it i think me. you actually um, like i wanted you to start watching it and after the first episode you said i'm not watching this yeah because like I, um, honestly just because of my anger of like them doing Rorschach like that and making like uh like basically making him out to be uh like a KKK. Well, you do understand that. now after you've read like the full lineage of Doomsday, you do understand what Lindelof was trying to explain there with those characters, right? Definitely, I do. And like uh, that doesn't like uh, after like I was completely wrong. Like I I'm happy that I was able to like all of it came out and I was able to binge it because it completely turned everything on its head for me. Um so that was like because i guess my my entire feeling of it was that after rorschach's journal was published and everyone found out that ozzy mendez was the person responsible and that the squid attack was like crazy and unfortunate but there was someone to blame for it um supposedly even though i'm not sure it was necessarily printed for this series um i was like why why all of a sudden would these uh basically like insurrectionists uh freaking terrible people 
idolize this character when this character is literally about smiting the underbelly of like crime and uh just bad people like and it was never it was it never came from a place of like oh rorschach's a part of you know uh white supremacy a white supremacist group so that like really put a bad taste in my mouth and because of that it blinded me to the genius that lindelof like threaded through his entire story so i'm really happy that i came back to it because like i said looking glass is the rorschach of this series in my personal opinion he's eaten beans uh he's um basically he's lost his mind because of the squid attack like i don't want to like get into doomsday clock or the rorschach series yet but they're very similar characters um definitely his archetype yeah definitely like i it could be argued that he is that character um in my personal opinion but yeah he is he's the reason that i loved it uh his episode was my favorite um but yeah it definitely like i won't lie like the series was really hard for me to get into at first and i was fucking wrong i was so wrong uh for anyone out there who wants some good tv to watch the Watchmen series on hbo is amazing i definitely recommend it it's oh. it's an amazing wild ride but i will say this it's it's another reason why it's ranked number one or two for me is because lindelof is able to do what Moore and dave gibbons were able to do with the original which is it pulls you in and it it makes you live in the world you're not following mm-hmm. singular characters you're living in this world so be ready for a real world experience uh-huh but it also doesn't necessarily follow like like the HBO series doesn't follow watch or Alan Moore's comic. Oh yeah, no, it yeah. Well, it's it's like 50 years later. Yeah, which is well, it even uh, I'm pretty sure and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure Lindelof said like this has nothing to do with the movie. Like well, yeah, the movie, but Moore's, like thing. Like it no, you it... can draw connections, but it is not the same thing at all. Like Ozzy Mendez, and uh, um, I don't want to give anything away, but Doctor Manhattan's character are not really the same characters that you would have seen in the movie or read in the comics. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Well, I think he was saying that if he did say that, um, I don't know if he did say that specifically about Alan Moore's. He might have said that about the movie, okay. but. Uh, the only reason I s- don't say that is because it like literally pulls the last lines of dialogues from certain characters and uses them in the show. So it's like that makes no sense. Okay. Um, well, well, I guess what I'm saying is, is like it doesn't like it can stand alone by itself. Like it doesn't it doesn't need Alan Moore's book to stand up. It can do that on its own. Yeah, I would agree with you. It, it's a, it is a standalone series. I would mm-hmm. agree with that. Exactly. Like, does reading Alan Moore's comic help? Hell yes, it does. And you will appreciate a lot more things in it because there's a lot of Easter eggs and just really interesting stuff in there that really kind of connects and builds the world for you. But outside of, like, a couple little things and some attachments here and there, it is a standalone series, which is amazing. But let me ask you a question, dude. You asked me what my favorite scene or character interaction was. What was yours? Uh, so I have 
three, actually. Oh, boy. I know. Well, so what was your number two? Shocker oh. Hunter. <laughs> no, fuck you. You're getting all three. Um, One was I really love uh, Sally Jupiter's character in this one. I think she is amazing. I need to find out the actress's name of that real quick so that way I can give her a shout out. She's in a new show on uh, HBO Max called something. <laughs> Tachyons, man. Jean Smart. Uh, and she's in a show on HBO Max called Hacks. That's what it's called. My brain will get there sooner or later. But uh, Jean Smart did an amazing job playing Sally Jupiter. I think it, no one else could have done what she did. Honestly, felt like a perfect time capsule of a character. And You know that her name isn't Sally Jupiter in the show, though, right? What is it? She's cast as Lori Blake. My bad. I got you, dude. I just wanted to make sure that everyone, if they looked it up, they weren't like, What? That's not Sally Jupiter! Who am I pulling <laughs> Sally Jupiter from? Doomsday Clock? Uh, maybe? It is. It is Doomsday Clock. That's the... Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Gene Smart uh, really did the character for you. I'm going to do a uh, Dr. Manhattan intro to this, so <laughs> they're warned. I'm going to like be like, Today is June 6th, or fuck, it's June 15th, 2021. I step on tomorrow's for the first time. time. <laughs> so, That's casting of her was really good. I love her interaction in the toll booths with Dr. Manhattan, in quotes. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated <clears throat> the character of don johnson who played chief judd that was like another one of those comedian roles that i really couldn't see too many other people pulling off what he did and like because the whole premise of like what the comedian i feel like did for you and what don johnson does for you in this one too is it gives you a character where you're like i understand this person i am this person i like this person like and then it turns it on its head and you're like fuck this person mm -hmm. i hate this person yeah. Never like this person. Yeah. And Definitely. then the third thing is there's a sort of Easter eggish, sort of just weird thing that goes on because it's Watchmen. Is there's a character in there called Lube Man, who's like unmentioned, doesn't have an actor, he's unaccredited. He is just <laughs> a character that is in a shiny suit covered in lube, and he's spying on like one of the characters, and they have like a little chase scene, and he slides into a great sewer. Never to be seen again in the show. Like the, That's hilarious. Though. That's it. And like I just love that because it's perfect. It it fit the someone's always watching you vibe that he was trying to go for. And like it it's just great. Um So yeah, those are the three. I honestly kinda wanna stop talking and let you lead because I am having problems speaking. So <laughs> Alright, well, Let's break into the next one. So, do you want to do Doomsday Clock next or the Rorschach series? Uh, either or, man. Um, I say we go into Doomsday Clock because Rorschach series is still kind of going, so that should be the I feel like the last one that we should go into. So, okay. Doomsday Clock. Um, this was a comic uh, done by Johns, Frank, and Anderson. Those are the last names, uh, and it is an amazing story of how. Uh, basically at the end of Alan Moore's Watchmen, 
uh, Ozymandes basically finds Rorschach and finds, I'll put in quotations because it's not the original Rorschach. Uh, and then um, what happens from there is that they actually hey. go to... Remember uh, we said we weren't doing synopsises? synopses first of all but <laughs> i just kind of wanted to explain that like they go into the dc universe of batman superman and all those characters and they interact with each other um they're trying to find dr manhattan in that universe so overall right off the bat my question to you hunter is going to be what did you like of this series what drew you to this series um what what are your overall thoughts well, first, I would like to say, and it kind of helps with the synopses that you gave, fill it out mm-hmm. a little bit better, because why would they go to the DC Universe? Um, his plan failed. Ozymandias' plan to save the world failed. It crumbled. People started seeing through it, stopped caring, and nuclear war was back on threat. And I really appreciated that in Doomsday Clock, because that's that's honestly what I was thinking of. Well why like what motivation do these characters have to do anything else you know like how are they going to like is it just going to be something random like oh and so and so got in a fight with so and so and now the world's ending because of it and it wasn't that it's actually like sort of how watchman pulls you into a world of nuclear armageddon and at that time it felt very present and still now even should feel pretty present to people because it's still pretty much out there. It's not like the world couldn't be killed 52 times over with the amount of nuclear arsenal that we have, but mm-hmm. it was a believable story from where they left off. And okay. that was a good thing for me because without a good origin point, I wasn't going to be hooked to it. I was going to be lost. I would Definitely. say... The other thing that, or sorry, what was your question? One thing I ha- liked, one thing I hated. What, what, well, no, what drew you to the series overall? Oh. What did you like about it? So that was it. That it that drew me to the series. I see, I see. Well, I'm gonna say like just to answer my own question, like the thing that really drew me, dude, and you called it right off the bat because you finished it before I did, um, was the mime and the marionette, dude. I love them <laughs> so much because i'm a huge joker fan uh for anyone who knows me um just because of the sheer like uh insanity that goes on with him so uh like the most interesting thing um is uh, with this series is that you can almost draw the parallels like rorschach to batman ozzy mendez to lex luther dr manhattan to superman like you get to tie all these like characters to uh like a DC, and I keep on saying DC, even though it's they're all the same universe technically, but like to their uh, their Justice League counterparts, and that is probably the coolest part. But then to see the marionette and the mime be linked to the Joker, I'm like, oh man, that is perfect. Like I love it, love it, love it so much. Um, so just that whole fun aspect of it really kind of drew me to it but then also the fact that and i really kind of wanted to get into this a little bit more for the rorschach series that we're going to go over um the fact that uh reggie uh i'm not sure exactly what his last name is uh but he's the son of the therapist from alan moore's watchman uh and he ends up turning into rorschach um which is really 
cool to see because you find out that Rorschach's not necessarily a character. Rorschach isn't Walter Kovacs, as you might think from Alan Moore's Watchmen, but Rorschach is an idea. It's something that someone becomes uh, when they kind of break. Um, so to see Reggie's character become Rorschach and be Rorschach is so cool. I loved it so much. And the fact that like you get to see his interaction with Mothman in the psychiatric hospital uh, when uh, Reggie goes there because of the whole squid psychic attack. Uh, he was in New York as well, which is kind of an interesting parallel to Looking Glass from the HBO series. Um, so overall, I mean, because of those points, I loved Doomsday Clock. And it's I'm pretty sure that I say it was I'm pretty sure it's my number one. I said it was my number one, but that's the reason why I loved it. Not only do you get to draw parallels between the Justice League universe and the Watchmen universe, but you get to see how they interact with each other, the importance of their characters uh, alone and next to their Justice League counterparts and to see how that universe would actually act, uh, which is really, really cool overall. Yeah, so I 100% agree with pretty much everything you said there. I <clears throat> loved the mime and the marionette. At first, I was like, who the fuck are these characters? Are they trying to do a Harley Quinn Joker thing here? And then once they pretty much got together, I was sold. Once he pointed the gun at Rorschach and Rorschach said, don't you point an invisible gun at me. <laughs> I lost my shit because I was like, that gun ain't invisible. Like, you will get killed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. exactly. But I think he. Which is why it's so funny. Like, I think Rorschach also, like, Reggie, like, knew that as well, if that makes sense. But mm -hmm. I, yes, those those two, oh, I want to say, almost made the whole series for me. Like, I kept on reading because of them and Reggie. I yeah. was a little upset with how Batman acted in this one. I don't really think this book did him, his character, too much justice to his world's greatest detective um, mm -hmm. archetype just because he sort of is the reason why a lot of the issues happen in the book, I would say, because of his ignorance or his uh, bullheadedness to accept something. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I just to kind of counteract that is that I feel like if you take uh, Batman from two universes and make them run into each other, like Rorschach didn't like Batman either. He goes down, he's like, he keeps trophies. Is he even fighting crime? Like, why does he wear his mask? Like, he didn't like him either, but it was like, because I'm trying to save my universe, I'm gonna do this. But Batman from the other side was like, I don't need to deal with this guy at all. I deal with crazy people all the time. I'm just gonna take him to Arkham. So, like, that's exactly how I expected that to kind of play out um, overall. It was, you know what I mean? Well, it was more so the thing that he was in Arkham for a while. Like, he had to escape Arkham. Like, Batman didn't get him out, you know? That's yeah, what, what, what kind of ticked that. me off, because I was like, how long does it take you to read the man's journal, dude? Like... But then you really got to see, I mean, he... Reggie had to be in Arkham for a certain period of time, so that way you could see who he is you know what i mean like i got to explain reggie's character because if batman would have been like oh i'm sorry then rorschach just would have been a mystery the entire time you know what i mean like i would I agree like, like there was really no other engine to explain his story i would agree with that but i would have liked it better than if 
he would have, I don't know, went to Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor had him hospitalized or something like that, and Batman had to break into Arkham to get him out or something like that, just because it put Batman in a bat... Well, maybe that's what they were trying to do, too, is, like, show your heroes aren't as smart as they always are or say they are. Yeah. But it... Like I said, it just... For me, it didn't do his character any favors. I also really appreciated the Superman story of this one because I'm a Superman sucker and anytime anyone plays with my big boy blue you're probably gonna get tears flowing because I just I love him he's he is my favorite DC superhero I don't really say that much because it's I feel like it's always sort of a bandwagon to say that like oh who's your favorite character Superman oh fucking no weaknesses fucking you know kryptonite like alright get out of here but I, that's, that's kind of what the story was, though. It's the giant, like, <laughs> a super jerk. If you could, <laughs> like, it, that's the, kind of the term I'm using for it, is, like, how Superman's needed in every multiverse. And that's why, like, I don't know, I liked it because you got to see how Dr. Manhattan kind of uh, interacted with Superman over the multiverse, and I really, really appreciated that. But I more so appreciated his interaction with Superman throughout time as opposed to um like him and superman just like teeing off or like having that conversation right off the bat um well to to sum this up a little bit better i because i think this this uh quote from polygon really does it justice with doomsday clock johns the author appears to be using the dc universe to hold up a mirror right back at Watchmen, and in doing so maybe even defend the genre's aspirational optimistic core. And I think that really helps explain your what you're saying there is that like every universe or what the story was trying to say is we need that guardian angel. We need Superman somewhere or else we aren't going to know where true north is. Yeah, because Dr. Manhattan wasn't a true north. <laughs> He was blowing people up in Vietnam. Yeah, so he had, like, he had lost his true north guy. way, pretty much. He was no yeah. longer that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he 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 does he re um resets the true north by the end of it. You know when he pretty much reincarnates as anything. who he does. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, overall, love it. It was my favorite of all the Watchmen's. Uh, but I feel like we should get on to the uh, the last one. The uh, last but not least, in all honesty. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why I'm so excited to kind of talk about this is because, and I mean, I know we've talked about Rorschach uh, Black Label series on this podcast before, um, but I really kind of wanted to dive into it a little bit more after reading all the other Watchmen and kind of seeing all the other Watchmen as well, because it really kind of it paints a better picture of Rorschach. And I really appreciate that series a lot more after reading Doomsday Clock and Alan Moore's Watchmen and watching, uh, you know, the HBO series as well as Zack Snyder's version of that as well. I mean, it just, it really puts into perspective how amazing this line is so far. So I feel like my first question to you, Hunter, is going to be, is Rorschach a person? Or do you think Rorschach is a entity? And how do you think uh, the entity comes into frame? Like, does Rorschach have to be 
have to touch the life at some certain point or like how does Rorschach become a person? I so one, I will, I will start off my answer with a question of, do you think Batman is a person or an entity? And uh, yes, I think he is a person. Okay. Well with that, you're, you're wrong. He's, he's not Dick Grayson takes up the mantle of Batman and there's, two new there's a bat wing that's technically batman right now that is lucius fox's son and then there's an actual batman that is lucius fox's son as well so okay batman batman is an entity it is to to quote batman from one of the best batman version or universes from nolan verse let me pull it up i was gonna say i'm gonna combat you on that though here in a second no one cared who I was till I put on the mask. That's a quote mm-hmm. from Bane. Okay. And Batman quote that perfectly. Oh, oh God damn it! I'm trying to get it because I know he says it to. Uh, he says it to Rachel on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. That it's it's not about who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. So mm-hmm. to be a Batman, what you need to be Batman, what you need to do is be willing to stand up to injustice enough to be crazy enough to dress up as a bat and fight crime at night. Okay. But let me combat you with that. I feel like Batman, Dick Grayson was trained by him, so it makes sense that he... Hey, you didn't let me finish my thing. Well, okay. My bad, my bad. Because, yes, I was going to say, I do think to be a Rorschach, you do need to have some element of that in your life beforehand. Either... The psychic squid goes off and your dad's his therapist. Or just the psychic squid goes off and Rorschach lives in your universe and his journal is published by the Republican Times newspaper or whatever. Or uh, in this one, just he's a character. He lives in this universe. It's, yes, you do need to have something of it, like Batman training or Batman's son or Lucius Fox's sons, you know, there, there's some element of that. So Lucius Fox's sons, you know, weren't trained by Batman, just knew him as, hello, Mr. Wayne. Yeah, but I feel like after reading the Rorschach series, I feel like the the Batman lineage is a little bit more linear, exactly, uh, while Rorschach's is sporadic. Anyone can be Rorschach. Once again, it goes back to also Lindelof's series of all of those insurrectionists that became the Rorschach as well. Mm, But I wouldn't call them Rorschach. But they're wearing the mask. Yeah, but he's not wearing hockey pads. And when once again, that gets down to the best part. I mean, even Walter Kovacs wasn't Rorschach until the night that he murdered the dog and then murdered the guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, until he actually snapped, he wasn't Rorschach. Yeah. So that that's why I say there isn't a... Uh, Rorschach isn't a person. It's a state of mind. It's, it's a state of psychosis, I would say, actually. I would agree with that. And that's why I feel like his character is so interesting to me is because he's like the... I wouldn't necessarily say the heroic version, but he's like the more protagonist version of the joker he's a chaotic Um, good character (laughs) yeah exactly which is why like i'm all about it because like he's just craziness but um yeah i mean i feel like i'm really excited to see where this series goes because every month when a new issue comes out i'm just uh 
I'm all about it. <laughs> I love it so much. But uh, I was for it to wrap up. I would say though, man, to kind of talk a little bit more about it because, like, in all honesty, folks, like after listening to this podcast, if you're interested at all, go pick up the series, uh, the Rorschach series. Read it; it's great. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Those writers and artists are doing the same thing that Johns, Frank, and Anderson did, and Moore and Gibbons did and Snyder did, and Lindelof did, is they are making you live in the world of those characters, and it's amazing, it's immersive, it's wonderful, and it's creative new storytelling as well that I highly appreciate because it puts you in a lot of places where you start off the issue and you're like, where the fuck are they going to take this? Like, I just got used to what they were telling me in the back. And then you get at the end and you're like, Oh, I had to wait for another month. God, like it's it's great. So I highly suggest it. There's not a whole lot that I can say to do it justice, except that my favorite one, Alex, was actually the last issue where the detective that's charged with finding this new Rorschach is interrogating the three people because there he is that was a, one of the times and such an interesting way to tell a story in a comic book where three different timelines were being told linearly across the page with each other my at first i had to reread the first like three pages because i was like what the fuck like how am i i was like oh shit <laughs> he didn't get it mm-hmm. so then like i had to go back and reread and i was like oh my god this is amazing so <laughs> i agree though it's perfect i love it yeah it's amazing so um so we are kind of going over no- over an hour here we could honestly go on and talk about Watchmen so much more uh we didn't do a lot of the stuff's justice like we did the original and snyder's but in all honesty those are the two ones that we should probably be talking about the most uh-huh. with that being said ladies and gentlemen just to give you a little preview of what's coming next week we are either going to be diving into the world of tolkien and middle earth with one of our guests or I'm going to be talking about Gundam to you, and Alex is going to be talking about... Uh, Lucifer, actually, is what I really want to talk about. Because I've been diving into that, and it's been super interesting. Especially in coming out on Netflix that is more adapted from Neil Gaiman's Lucifer. <laughs> you say I'm... it now, too, like it. <laughs> you say oh, Netflix as well, uh, dude. <laughs> do I? Yeah, okay, you just well... said it. Ha <laughs> 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 ha! It's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm spreading, dude. Yeah. I'm like I'm like a novel coronavirus over here. Oh, oh God. <laughs> too soon? Um, yeah, so that's what we'll be doing next week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. As always, it's been a fun one on Lore Nerd. <laughs>